theyeshiva.net. Welcome, everybody. A good morning, a good year, a good year. So we're in the middle of the, the mimer of Tikkun B'chayda Shoifer by the Balatanya in the Lukutatayr of Rosh Hashanah. We're up to Siv Beis, the second chapter of the mimer. It's Daf Nun Dalad, column one, or page 107. On top it says, Drushim L'Rosh Hashanah. It's actually the first mimer for the Rosh Hashanah Dika, Maimarim of the Balatanya. It starts with Tikkun B'chayda Shoifer. So we're holding the third the third class. Just next Monday morning, usually we have Monday Ashir, I'm in St. Louis, so next Monday there won't be Ashir, but Tuesday there will be. Tuesday regular time, but Monday not. So this Maimir starts off the first chapter with a lot of different details and pieces. And, you know, sometimes, you know, when you learn a sugya in Gemara, or any sugya, so there's a lot, a lot of different details, and everything is a moving piece that is essential to the structure. At the end, you could see how it all comes together. It's like a whole picture. Sometimes you see, why, why is this relevant? Why is this detail relevant? And sometimes immediately it doesn't uh, appear connected. But uh, as the explanation concludes, you see that it's a mosaic, it's a tapestry, and every part is essential to the explanation. So the Mamanum of the Balatanya are very much like that. They're built like a sugya, meaning they'll bring a, a one inside, another inside, another idea, another idea, another idea. And sometimes it's, okay, just, it's not because I said this, and now let's talk about this. As the explanation evolves, you see how every nekuda becomes part of the of the whole. As This Maimah, you'll see it later as he comes to towards the conclusion. So first he started off explaining... You can listen to the to the shiurim, those who need to re- replay at double speed, or if you want a chaza, if you didn't hear it. But the main nekuda was that the difference of Tishrei and the other months, right? This is called chaydish, it's a chidush klali. It's a re- rejuvenation of the whole life force. Not just of this world, this world too, but of all the worlds, including this world. And explain the difference between Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah. But they're both called a head, the head of the month, the head of the year. There's a head in people, a nefesh, there's a head in space, in oilam, and there's a head in time, shana, oilam, shana, nefesh, asha. And then he started to explain what this, this what, in order to understand this and to understand why the shoifer comes in and what's the concept, why these days and what's the whole thing of Aser Simei and why was this time chosen, which he's going to get back to all that later. He started off with the general the, the, the general theme of creation itself. And the main Nakuda was that pre-creation Kavayachal. And when we say pre, it doesn't mean a few years ago, 5,782 years ago plus. It means pre, there was a pre. As I always say, time is also created. So when you say before, it doesn't mean, you know, it was yesterday and not today. It means in that state of reality that's higher than Bria, which still exists, it's, it's re- reality that's beyond time. Or to quote a very famous Jew, time is relative. <laughs> time is relative. So every, every existence, you say it's, time is an absolute. Time is not an absolute. <laughs> time is relative. You can have two boy, two little babies, right, who are born, and one is put into a spaceship. <laughs> 
after his bris, they put him into a spaceship to give him a tour of God's universe, right? And he's traveling in the speed of light. Fifty years later, they make a reunion because they were both born in the same hospital uh, in Good Sam and Munsi. There's a big difference, yeah? One of them is still before his Absharnish, and the other one is an Altayid, Azeda. <laughs> and this is plain science. This is not, uh, this is not uh, superstition. This is plain science. What do you mean? Well, 50 years passed. No, 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 no. It's relative. <laughs> Over here, 50 years passed. Over there, 50 years didn't pass. I'm saying this because it's a very, this was a very important discovery that uh, what we call absolute is not absolute. Time is a dimension. It, it's a dimension of reality. And I think it's a very, very, I think it's a nice way of explaining the Nikudah here. There's a dimension of reality pre-creation. This dimension of reality post-creation. What, what do you mean? It happened or it didn't happen? <laughs> it happened and it didn't happen. It happened. Of course it happened. <laughs> 50 years passed. We're not denying it. And the halach had passed. <laughs> there was Shabbos. There was Yom Tev. There was Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> there was a <Abba> Mitzvah. <laughs> it's not like uh, he became 13. Right? Halach had happened. In other words, it's Emes. It's not Stam Fantasia. It's not fantasy. But there's a certain... that. From the perspective of Tzimtzum, as he says, Malchus Chamalchus Kol Oilamim, Mitzad Midas Hamalchus comes Kol Oilamim, all the concealments, all the Tzimtzumim that allows the Ein Saif to contract itself and create otherness, create what we call reality, any level of reality, including ultimately the human being existing and inhabiting this physical reality where we all live. Larichis Yamam Rishanim Taivus. So in the pre-creation state, right, it's hu shmeibelvat. In the in in the post-creation state, there is a tzimtzum, which conceals the ein seif. And yet he says, "Legabe him, gam choshech loyachshech mimeka, gam choshech loyachshech mimeka." The darkness doesn't doesn't eclipse. That truth of reality, which we explained by the especially in the first class, when the Bavram asked the question, uh, why it's so important to say that Hashem didn't change, etc. I hope you remember. That was a very important discussion because it's about so many Maimadim. Then he asks, what's the purpose of this? So the Al-Tarebbe says the line, which we learned yesterday, what was his line? The line he says, the purpose of this was, it's an interesting line. He says, It's Ratzin Ha'alyan Lamaila from Chachma. Higher than Chachma. What the Zoya calls Bereish Hormenusa de Malka. It doesn't, we don't know yet why that is so relevant. I'm just giving an example. He puts in that line, not because to, he decided, let me talk about the reason for it. It's going to be essential. The point is, if you're approaching it from a place of pure intellect, Hasaga, you can ask so many questions which is fine, but you end up with an ultimate why. In other words, you create, you create a tzimtzum to create separateness only to say that really the separateness is not real. It's only from our perspective. And we can transform that separateness back into oneness. So, 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 on so. so you create darkness. Then you tell me the darkness is not real because by you it's light. But for me it's real, so I should bring it back to light. So, 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 don't, create, so don't create it. So you could say this explanation. 
So the Alter Rebbe really says, he gets like to the point of it. He says, if you really want to know, it's Ratzon L'mayla Menachachma. There's a lot of explanations on creation. A lot. If you look in Svarim, every, every Jewish philosopher, every Kabbalist, asked this question, why, why Hashem created the world? It's, it's a fundamental question. Why, why, why do this? What's it Eisgefeld? I grew up in a community that was never Hashikah there. They called him Zalman the Shikah. Zalman the Drunk. He was a brilliant guy, but he was drunk. I don't know where he fell in from. He would, uh, the Eastern Parkway, he would have a bottle of, you remember Zalman the Shikah, a bottle of Crown Royal? And he would lie on the bench, but he was a very interesting fellow. So uh, amid his shikras, he would say interesting things. So he wants to, he told me a word, he says, B'deish is bada. Hashem created the worlds. What does Rashi say? Amid ab Yitzchak, loy There was really no need for this. <laughs> That's it. That's as far as he got in life. B'deish is bada. He's got the hoich in B'deish is bada, amid ab there was really no need for this. <laughs> he told me once, we drink in order to drown our sorrow. We fail to realize that sorrow floats. So such a person says, <laughs> yeah. The truth is, the Gemara says, There was a machleik between Basil and Bishamai. If it would have been easier to be created or not created, then... Right? Surprise, surprise, the verdict was it would have been easier without it. So he says, ultimately, every why brings up another why. That's how it is in life, yeah? But why, but why, but why, but why? So he says, ultimately, it's an akud of Ratzin here that's beyond Chachma. Just like in a person, we know Ratzin is deeper than Chachma. Which was also a, a big, the Al-Tareb said it was a big Chiddush. Then they thought that philosophy is everything. Even psychology was a branch of philosophy in those days. It wasn't a separate branch. If you can explain something rationally, that's reality. <laughs> right? But really, Ratzin is higher than Chachma. So he says, this is an Akud of Ratzin. It's an Akud of Ratzin. In the beginning of creation, the Ratzin came from within. Post-creation, there's a two-way Ratzin. There's a relationship. I could want you and want you to the point that I'm ready to renounce everything I know about myself to have this relationship. Or to put it differently, to renounce my infinity, <laughs> my all-inclusivity to be able to have you. But the only thing that can, that can recreate that every year is, you also want it. <laughs> You're in. You're in. And he says, that's the Yoim Adin of Rosh Hashanah. The Yoim Adin of Rosh Hashanah is... Negeya to the core of existence. It's not Hashem is sitting in heaven and judging you. You're a good guy, you're a bad guy. You deserve cotton candy this year, you deserve other things this year. From a distance, you know, uh, you know you're know, you in a court and there's a judge, you know how the judge sits with the uniform, yeah, with, the, with, the, with the gown, you know, with the hammer. Yeah. Boom. He says... The, the, for Hashem, this is the most vulnerable, this is the most vulnerable day. It's like, is this whole investment, is this whole investment worth it? Is it, is it creating that relationship? And the question is, where's the person's, where's the person's ratzim? Where am I in that connection? And that's why it says, he goes through all the psukim, malchuscha malchus kalo 
It's the Malchus that creates all the Helem. The desire for a connection, for a relationship, which is what Malchus is. If not Malchus, there wouldn't be Eilamim. But the question now is, where is the person? So Soimech, there's what's called Prikas Oil. I may, I may have a connection to you, but I'm not really interested. At least certain parts of the day, I'm not interested in you. As we spoke yesterday, how it works sometimes in a marriage. And this is Soimech Hashem L'chala Noiflem. That it should be that I want you, and then the yud opens up. And then in all of your actions, there's a relationship. That's the hemshech of the psukim and ashra. From Malchuscha down. It's not stam another pasuk, another pasuk, another pasuk. Last point is the, just like in human relations, just like in human relations, Rotson is always the key point in a connection, in a connection. Yeah. Look, my metaphors, I just want to illustrate it. Let's say a couple is struggling. You have such a Metzius, Mizman Lizman. So it could work both ways. I'm just going to give one muscle because it's a common thing. And the woman is complaining, this is what she wants, this is what she needs, this is what she desires. So you turn to the husband, whoever is uh, is talking to them, say the therapist, the counselor, whatever, the rav, the ashpia, and he turns to the husband and he says, no. So what's the worst, one of the worst things he can answer is, <laughs> no worse, but... <laughs> One of the things that will not get the other side very excited and enthusiastic about the relationship, he's saying, yeah, but what she's saying doesn't make sense. <laughs> Anybody relates to this? She wants this, she wants this, she, it doesn't make sense. A normal person doesn't want this. He'll bring a gemara, mitarashi, mitatoisvis, mitarashba, mitaramban, he's at Hamad Chachem, so he also knows the halachim, shulchanoruch, and the shach, and the taz. So that's mitat halacha. Mitat hashkafa, yeah? It says this in Svarim and this in Svarim. Yeah? And with that common sense also, it doesn't make sense. So any angle, yeah? With the Gemara, like, So Tiyufta on this. And everything he said was, uh, remember, he trained many years in yeshiva for this. <laughs> He's talented. What's missing here? They're completely two different frequencies, right? The relationship is Ratzin. That's the relationship. We're not, if we were doing here a, a puzzle <laughs> or trying to solve a mathematical equation, right? Or we're arguing about a certain svara, then it's beautiful what you're doing. <laughs> if, <clears throat> when I was dating, so I asked my sister for advice. She said just one thing. You're marrying a wife, not a chavrusa. If you're sitting with a chavrusa, this is what you have to do. You say, no, my chavrusa wants that this should be pshat, and I respect him. <laughs> you're not a chavrusa, you're failing me. You have to know the frequency of the relationship. You understand? If the frequency of the relationship is seichli, if the frequency of the relationship is rotzen, so what's, uh, what's that expression? Your will is my command. So even if you don't want to use such romantic words, but the point is, your will matters. Your will matters to me. And my will matters to you. That's what, that's what connects us. That's what connects us. When that's missing, there's a rupture. 
So the Balatanya says that's the whole year. Right. How do you access that Ratzin into creation? In other words, Hashem's flow from Ein Soif Mamish into a world of Tzimtzum, which is, which is like Mesir Snafesh. <laughs> it's renouncing his infinity. That's what Teirah Mitzvah is. Teirah Mitzvah is the Ratzin of Hashem, of Ein Soif Mamish, that's communicated to the person and the person responds to. And he explains that's the depth of, 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 of it says in Zohar. When I saw this yesterday, when was it? Not yesterday, Tuesday. I saw he was saying something, and I wasn't... Uh, he says a Lashen, that it says in Zoya that mitzvahs are Ramach Evarim de Malka, 248 organs of the king. So that's brought a lot in Svarim, and in Lekutatayda, in many places already, in Tanya Balatanya, he says, why on Aver? What's on Aver, a limb? A limb facilitates the soul. Every limb, in its own way, accesses life. Right? The eye in its way and the ear in its way. It accesses a certain aspect of the nefesh. And you need that limb with its own chemistry. I can't see through my nose and I can't smell through my ears. And I can't walk with my eyes. And I can't talk with my heart. Every, every aver has its function, whether the, the, the leg or the hand or the apnimim, whatever you're talking, the lungs, the heart, every aver in its own could. But here he said a line. And I'm just telling you that yesterday, when I taught it last time, I didn't really, but then I was typhus what he says. He says a line at the end of Pedakalif. I didn't know what he means. In other words, the Tsoya doesn't mean it's the Evarim of the Melech. It's the Evarim Liyas Malka. Then I understood. You need the mitzvahs to create him, to make him a Melech. The Evarim, the Ramach Evarim that make him a Melech. He's not a Melech. Malchus is, is the aspect of God that has the ability to be finite. What is that? That's part of infinity. <laughs> Malchus as a separate, distinct reality, or in simple words, Elikus, becoming defined as the consciousness of the universe, that's what Malchus is, that has to be created. Because <laughs> pre-creation, it's Ahuash Mebelvad. What makes that Ramach Evanim liates Malka, to become that Malach, or in other words, to go through that symptom. Each mitzvah in its own way accesses that rotzen in a very tangible, finite way to the person. So there's a connection, there's a relationship. So that's pshat mitzvah sriches kavona. Right? What's mitzvah sriches kavona? He says there's two elements in each mitzvah on a deeper level. Mitzvah sriches kavona, one element mitzvah, to do the mitzvah. Mitzvah samalach. I want you to blow shoifer, blow shoifer. Mitzvah sriches kavona means understand that in every mitzvah there's ain't soif mamish. The ultimate kavana will be nizgala la'asad lavei taimei teira. Rashi says yishakeni min hashikas piyu and shehashidim. What does it mean? He's going to kiss us with his mouth. So Rashi says asad legalos mashiach is going to reveal soita ameha umistar tzfu noiseha. Interesting Rashi. Soita ameha the ultimate secrets, but every mitzvah has. There's a mitzvah what to do. So here's I'm building a sukkah lulav, but mitzvah sichas kavana to understand that there's a there's, there's an union of Ein Saif being manifested, and every person could and should relate to that to the best of their capacity. That's the Pnimi Mitzvah. That's the link between the Ein Saif and the person. There's the technical mitzvah in Shulchan Aruch. For that, you just have to know what to do. That's one element. And that's Pshat, why you say before mitzvah, L'Shem Yichud, Kutshebrichu Ushchinte. Yeah? Kutshebrichu is the transcendent one, infinity. Shchinte is what? 
V'shachamti, I dwell in you. That's what shoichen means. Shoichen ad. V'asu lemiktosh v'shachamti. I'm going to dwell in you. What's called in Chassidus, mamale kalalman. That's post-symptom, so to speak. I can't dwell inside of you if there's no you. I have to relate to you. I have to, I have to uh, tailor-make the energy. Custom make the energy, the suit, the, the reality to flow according to the capacity of the Mechabal. So that's one element in the mitzvah. Pasha, tell me what to do. That's the Pasha, like what you call the technical, physical aspect of the mitzvah. But he says that's one aspect. It's essentially an access, a relationship with the source of it all. And every mitzvah has that. Torah mitzvah. How much gets revealed, that depends on each person, and ultimately we don't get all of it, because every person has a limited limited capacity. That's called taimei taira. The reason, and the reason, not only the reason, the flavor, tam is, is, means a gishmak. That was the main, the main, the main nekudah. Now, sif beis, in this maimer, it's a moedadik, a moedadik sif. It's very, very deep. And it, it approaches the whole concept of where, where everything goes down south, where things don't work out according to the plan. That's what Sif Sif Aleph is the plan, so to speak, the blueprint. The only thing true about most plans is that they don't work out. So that's Sif Beis. Achmi potato mitzvahs. The one who is pagan, pagan means blemishes. In this flow of Torah mitzvahs, hein besur meira hein basay teif kol chad l'fum ma'diyada benafshei. When you say mitzvahs, there's sur meira. In other words, there's, st- there's the boundaries of staying away from what I have to stay away. Then there's the opposite, what I have to do. Just like in a human relationship, for a relationship to function, there's two things. There's what you don't do. There's certain things you stay away from. But that's not that's not that's not it. <laughs> a person could say, you know. I'm as loyal as it gets. I, I, I'm locked up in a closet. I don't look anywhere. I don't go anywhere. That's beautiful. But vos <laughs> yeah. So there's sur meirana seitav. If something is missing, and when he says missing, he says it's very relative. Every person according to their own soul. Because there's so many different states. Like when in the previous chapter he said, what's prikasel? He said, for one person, prikasel gedengs. What's prikasel? Prikasel is, I'm, I do everything. But I'm not really so interested, at least not all the time. Yeah. And, and you could see, you could see when you have, for example, a potential for a very deep relationship, if you're not interested even one hour of the day, it has a consequence. It has, doesn't mean it's destroyed, but it means there's an element of disassociation. So every person, you have to know what that means, he says. Every nasot. So what does that mean? How he touches here. So what happens? So he can't access the Ratzin, which is the source of the Gili of Malchus, which is the engine of all of existence. I can't access the Ratzin because you don't have my Ratzin. So I can't access that Nekudah of Ratzin. There's like retreat. Now we can begin to access and approach what what's the concept of Rosh Hashanah it's about accessing Ratz and as we said before it's a renewal of the whole Chiyas so it's all about going to the core 
where that desire comes from. What does this mean? So here starts our long explanation. Which he's going to get back to. We have to understand what is tshuva, how it works, and why it works. We know tshuva can fix everything. And when you say fix, he says, it doesn't just mean, okay, you know, you, uh, you, you made a mistake, but I'm not going to look at it. He says, tshuva actually fixes, it repairs all the begotten, any blemish, anything that's missing. Even bitl mitzvah says, there was something I ought to do and I didn't do. And that creates a void, say, a void. Tshuva can fix it. How? I can understand if I tell you not to do something. The Apostle Pirkei Yavis says, If Avod Aveda Achas Kanaloi Kateged Echad, Kameshinu Pirkei Yavis. It says in Pirkei Yavis, you know, every a person does an Aveda, it creates a Kateged, it creates let's put a prosecutor, it creates some negative energy, some negative energy, right? To call it a Malach, an angel, a Kateged. We all understand my words, my thoughts, my actions. They create an energy. They create something in the world, tangible or intangible. So he says, That's the mechanism of mitzvah's loisus. In other words, there is this, this negative energy that needs cleansing. And I ask Hashem, I do tshuva. So he says, that creates what's called mayim tahoyim. It arouses compassion. It creates cleansing water. Like I go into the physical mikvah. There's also a spiritual mikvah. Yecheskel says, I'm going to sprinkle on you clean water. Or the Yenavi Yeshayas says, Hashem washes, he bathes his, his child. Like a mother bathes or a father bathes a child and removes all the, the excrement. And that's what we say, v'havrib she'enu. Remove the sins, remove the blemishes. It's the concept of uh, like we have in our Rosh Hashanah. The Navi says in the future of when it comes to mitzvah malka, we said every mitzvah is accessing, it's a limb. It's accessing the divine energy. If the lack of the hashpa exists because I didn't engage in the mitzvah, how can that be refilled? There's two elements in what you would call a relationship that's betrayed. One is the hurt or the pain, which creates a, a spiritual stain. You ask me not to do something. And I did it, right? And you feel hurt. In, in the language of halacha, it would be called miride b'malchus. It's a betrayal. In the, language, in the language of a relationship, you say that was painful. It hurt. That's true mitzvah loisese and mitzvah sese. Mitzvah loisese even more. Mitzvah sese, you didn't do anything. You were passive. Mitzvah loisese, actually went against my will. So there's something about forgiveness, there's something about arousing a person's compassion and saying, I made a mistake, right? Can, can, 
can we remove that negativity, that negative feeling? And when there's genuine, when there's a genuine apology, and that's what I really, that's what I needed. It it can, it can at least fix it and sometimes heal it and sometimes maybe, maybe even intensify the relationship, as we all know. Obviously, if it's genuine. But then there's something else. There's the opportunities that were missed. That, the opportunity was missed. There was, there was a, something had to be achieved. It wasn't achieved. So you could say, I'm sorry. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to continue the frustration and the resentment and the grudge. But ultimately, you weren't here for five years. You didn't show up for five years. That's missing. The Gemara has an expression in Chagiga. Yeah? Right? So you know the two examples, right? One is, I get that. What are you going to do? Yeah? Yeah, there was no divorce. She's an Ashish. She marries another man. There's a new child, a mamza. She says, I want to do tshuva. Okay. <laughs> but the mamza is da. And then the Gemara brings another example. What's the other example? Yeah. <laughs> you know the other one? Kishma. He missed Kishma. <laughs> you understand the, the two. But what, he missed Kishma. You know. You had a date with your wife. It was your 25th anniversary, right? She was looking forward to it. Yeah. You got busy in the office. <laughs> I could, so, so through work, we could forgive this forgiveness. But you didn't show up. <laughs> and if that meeting was, fa- if that showing up was faithful, it's missing. So the Alter Rebbe says, Mitzvah Sloysis, I can understand the concept of removing the pain. But if Mitzvah's essay, the Avid is not here. If the Avid is not here, you'll say, we say, Ayin Tachas Ayin. It says in Gemara, if somebody, chas v'sholem, uh, chops off somebody's hand or pokes out their eye, do it to the, the, the Pesach says, eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, yeah? A burn for a burn, a hand for a hand, a leg for a leg. Comes the Gemara and Baba Kama and says, money. You don't chop off a person's hand. Money, you have to pay money. So why does Tereshim Mekzav say, ayin tachas ayin? So the Rambam explains beautifully. Because you can't pay back for an eye with money. <laughs> How much is your eye worth? Tell me. How much is vision? How much is eyesight worth? Anybody? How much is it worth to have a hand or to have a leg? What's the price? Zug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put it this way. How much money are you ready to take to lose your eye, to become blind? How much? <laughs> how much money are you ready to take? It's like asking somebody, how much money are you ready to take in order to die? <laughs> So here it's not death. These things are priceless. These things are priceless, right? So the Torah can't just say, oh, you knocked out his eye. Okay, Nezek Tzai, Ripushev, Izbashis, you know, $3 million, Shalom Yisrael. No, 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 no. It's an eye for an eye. Oh, we can't do that. We don't do an eye for an eye. So you pay money, you pay money just to deal with the financial elements. He needs doctors, right? His work was compromised, he's in horrible pain, there's disability, there's shame. Five things. You're dealing with the technical financial loss. You're not dealing with what happened. In fact, you're not there's no there's no there's no penalty for that. There's no penalty for that. I'm giving an example. Spiritually, if it's a Vodim de Malka. The Avid was missing. So you could pay and you could do nice things and you can apologize. But he says, what's the union of tshuva? 
that that which is missing now is not missing. What's the Havana saying? The answer to this is. Ah? What? No, Avery is, means a limb, an organ. It says in Zaya, the mitzvahs are 248 organs of the king. Doesn't mean Hashem has physical organs. But just like your organs access your soul, each mitzvah accesses the flow of divine energy, the divine neshama, into my life and into the world. If that Avery was missing, I could say I'm sorry, I got it, I say I'm sorry, but the eye wasn't brought back. And it's important to say I'm sorry. So the nekuda of the betrayal, the hurt, the mitzvah, okay, let's remove it, this cleansing. You know, sometimes people could sit down with each other and they could say, let's, in Yiddish is an expression, I don't know how that works in English, means I have grievance against you. I'm carrying something hurtful. A youth came over to me in shul a few days ago. And he says, I'm very upset at you. So he told me it was a fast day some time ago. And the fast was over. And he came over to me to ask me a question. And he said, you said to me, yes, now? And you left. And he said it was very, very hurtful. It was very hurtful. You could have said, now is not the time to ask a question. But he said, yes, now? And you left. He said, you always talk, he told me, you always talk about trauma. Yeah? Where was your sensitivity to, to me? And I saw that he was very hurt. And he didn't tell to me a day after. He told it to me months after. Which means, uh, and he saw me before. So, so what was my instinct? What would be your instinct? Not you. You don't have an ego. But anybody who has an ego, what would be the instinct? What do you say? Yes. Very good. Very good. You do it again. Did it, was, I maybe, was I maybe running to a car and you were a little farce? I spoke a little loud so you should be able to hear. So actually thank me for speaking loud. Right? One of those. But I realize it's completely not Negea. Mamish not Negea. And I said, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I apologize. You know, it could be the fast got to me and I was anxious and I apologize. So he looked at me, he stared at me like uh, he just stared. Didn't say a word. So after a few moments, I said, do you accept the apology? He said, uh, he doesn't answer. I'm like, what's going on? He said, I didn't expect that you would say that. I expected it. You would say you were right and I'm wrong. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. So I'm saying, okay. He was so shocked that I just said, I'm sorry. I apologize. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. But I also saw how, how, how healing that was. Why? Because there was a hurt there. Let's say I was a thousand percent right. I'm not saying I was right. Could be I was wrong. I'm not. My point is, the person experienced a hurt. How, how are you addressing that? Or part of their dignity was taken away from them. So the mechanism in, in Shuvah, there's something called Vidui, right? Saying, I'm sorry, Ashamnu. What is that? What does that do? Oh, you said, I'm sorry, big deal. You punched me in the nose, then you say, I'm sorry. And the answer is, in a way, you're giving back the person that dignity. People don't realize. 
I took away something from you. I took away something. When I say I'm sorry, when I apologize, it's a very deep form of vulnerability. right? In a way, I took something away from you and now I'm giving it back to you. You, you, you deserve it. It's a very deep mechanism. That's why it's hard sometimes to do. But what happened, happened. And if there was something positive that had to happen, that was missing. So he wants to understand what the mechanism is. So the Balatanya says as follows. Now here comes a profound explanation. And, and, and the way it applies also in human relationships, it's very profound. It's really the mechanism of true repair. Achinexiv, the Pasuk says, We all know that capital because Aserisim it said every day before Borchu. What does it mean, Mimamakim? Literally, from the depths I call out. And not one depth, but two depths. Not Mimamakim, mimamakim which means depths with an S at the end, plural. Pirush. So look how he touches the words. It doesn't only mean from the depths I call out to you, God. It means as follows. In order for there to be to access, what does calling mean? When I call you, I access you, right? You say, Moshe, and you come, right? Krasicha means accesses. So he says, how do you Krasicha Hashem, how do you reaccess the Yudke Vavke, the flow of the divine energy of Hashem's name, from concealment to revelation that it should become a Yud and a Hey and a Vav and a Hey, which basically is the flow through the limbs of the king? The answer is you need Mimamakim. What's mean? You have to go to the supernal depth. What's that? I need to go into a different place. I need to find your desire. What he calls a rotsen alien lemaila meishtalshulos. Heishtalshulos means a change. Shalshelus. Heishtalshulos is the word in Kabbalah and Chassidus to describe the entire evolution of creation. Where does heishtalshulos begin? It begins from the thought of creation, and then it's a heishtalshulos. Heishtalshulos means developmental evolution. It starts with the seed. From that seed comes everything. The apple tree that you may have in your garden could be traced back to apple tree thousands of years ago. But it was a hishtalshalus. It didn't happen in one day. But a seed created a tree which produces an apple, which produces a seed, which creates a new tree, and there's hishtalshalus. That hishtalshalus is the whole system. But there's It's going, going be above the system. Before that system began. Oh, how do you get there? How do I get there? So in myself, the only way I can get there is if I go beyond my own system. But we live in systems, we live in structures, right? So he says, that's my makim, depths. To get to your depth, I have to first get to my depth. I can't reach into your depth if I didn't reach into my depth. Why? 
because it's that depth that brings depth. The oimek generates oimek. It's the frequency. It's it's a frequency. You know what I mean? That that element of me, that amkus in me, speaks to the amkus in you. If not, I'm not operating on that level. I don't have access to it because it's 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 so it's so profound. What does this mean? The hainu. So I, the words are going to be intense here, but I just want. I always struggle to give a marshal, not to give a marshal. What's my question? Not to give a marshal is always the best thing because you let the mimer speak for itself in its purity, right? So why do I give mishalom? Huh? You know why? I don't like giving mishalom. That's the truth. <clears throat> yeah. Because every mushal is a tzimtzum of Ein Sof. You have to understand. Every mushal is a form of darkness. I hope you understand that. The problem is that sometimes without that darkness, there's no light. <laughs> right? Every mushal is a form of killing the message. But sometimes without that, nobody gets the message. Or some people don't get it. So they're left without anything. Huh? Like Isis. Exactly like Isis. <laughs> exactly like Isis. Just mashalim is more ICS. It's bringing it down. Well, I'm saying this because I wanted to read, but then I realized it could be misunderstood. What makes me go to a place of Lamaila Heshtashlus? Heshtashlus is my whole system of being. Everyone has a system. Who you are. It's like basically your mechanisms of existence. Your schedule, your function. But it's not just your schedule. It's what makes your schedule. What makes you have your schedule and me my schedule? It's all based on paradigms. It's all based on belief systems. MS, it's like literally a computer program. People are like computer programs. In fact, real computer programs study the brain. Yeah? That's your, this uh, big computer programmer told me that they're studying now the brain to see how to, <laughs> how to enhance the computer programming. Because the greatest computer programming in history was the one who formed the brain. His name wasn't Steve Jobs. So they're learning from the brain how you build a computer. Just like they're learning from the eye how to build a camera. It's half of a fella. And he said, but it's not it's like it's a, the, the biggest, the greatest computer program to compare it with the intricacies of the brain is not bedoyma. So we have systems. Our brain develops a system. And one of the most brilliant elements of, of neuroscience in our generation is to see how that system develops literally from conception. From a moment the child is conceived throughout pregnancy, birth, the developmental years, how your system develops, and we follow that system. And you know what? It's pretty predictable. Even your bad moods are also predictable. You can ask your wife. Or the shvigar. What helps people go out of the system? Now, many people don't have to. You know why? It's arbit. It's a gate. What challenges people to go out of their system, to say... Whoa, whoa, I got to go back all the way to the beginning. What is it? What's the one word? One word. Huh? Yeah, pain. Pain. Right? Why? Why? Why do you say pain? Huh? The system doesn't work. Huh? Yeah. It's not just I want to get out of the pain. 
as Dr. Skinner would say, it's all about avoiding pain, nothing else. That's a little bit of a technical form. That's also part of Ishtalshalus. It's because the pain makes me aware of the futility of the system. It, it makes me aware of the Hevel Havolim, right? Hevel Havolim Amashlam, Hakel Hevel. It's not just, that's also technical. I have pain, you know, give me a band aid, you know, give me a candy. That's a much more, that's a much more uh, systematic explanation. The deeper explanation is it allows me, it empowers me, it forces me to go to a, to go to a much deeper place, to go back to the beginning. How back do you go? Depends on the pain. Depends on the pain. And that's why pain is not something you ever wish on yourself or anybody else. But everybody knows this truth. There's not a single person probably in history who had a real impact on the world that didn't go through a tremendous amount of pain and was forced to reinvent themselves in one form or another. There's not a person that will impact you in a real profound way like the person who has been through something very deep and therefore can look you in the eyes without turning away and really, really be an empathetic witness to your own experience. There's not a person, there's not, I don't know if there's a Matthias in the world, that a person, you sometimes meet a person, and they have a halo of light around them. You can feel it. And you know right away that their life experience was anything but simple. Now sometimes people fall into depression from it. And sometimes people go to a place of Lamaila Meishtalshalus. And it's almost the same. Lamata Meishtalshalus and Lamaila Meishtalshalus always meet. Right? It's like Alaska and, uh, <laughs> and Russia, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> when you go around the map, you could go from two sides, yeah? You can go, this, you can go through the Atlantic and this way, but on the other side, they also meet. Exodus says, Oymek Roim and Oymek Tachas. The highest depth and the lowest depth meet. Because that's where the system goes crazy. Apocalypse, it's called. You sometimes meet a person. You, we all know this. You could, in their presence in a few minutes, you feel no judgmentalism. You feel no vanity, no superficiality, and true authentic depth. And you know right away that this person's journey was very, very profound. They had to work, work through things. When I'm broken down completely to the point of disintegration, I can't reinvent myself from Hishtalshalus. My Hishtalshalus didn't work. Where do I have to go to? I have to ask myself, who am I at my core? How many people are forced to ask themselves in life the question, who am I at my core? Not what it says on my resume. Not what my, who my father-in-law thinks I am. Not the Shidduch system. Yeah? Not even who, this Pliny money. who am I at my core? Core means beyond impressions, even to myself. How many people are forced to ask that question? 
The Bezriel, how many people are forced to ask this question? You think you're lucky to be forced to ask this question? <laughs> you think you're lucky? Do you thank God for, for being forced to ask this question or not? So if you just tell me yes, you're probably lying. Because <laughs> then you don't know what it is. If you say, you're not so lucky. The, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Dayatz, was arrested by the communists in 1927 and he was tortured. First they sentenced him to death, and then they sentenced him to 10 years in the Gulag, and then 3 years, and ultimately he was liberated after 10 days, Yud Beis Tam was Tafresh in 1927. He went through terrible Yisurim, and he once said, he once said, he was Tafabreng, and he said that uh, if you would ask me if I would go through that, you could pay me all the money in the world and give me everything in the world, I would never go into that. Once I was there, you could pay me all the money in the world, I'm not going to give up that experience. Oh, oh, oh. Mathematically, I, he contradicted himself, right? But we all understand the Nekuda. You say, It's not a place where you want to go. You don't need systems to be broken, Chas Shalom. If your system was broken, you had to reinvent yourself from your core, you're never going to give up. You're never going to give that up for anything. Because it's a different place of emes. It's a different place of truth. Oh, oh. Geula means to go there from a place of, uh, of positivity. That's why we resist Geula, because we're not used to it. That's why it's hard. That's what Geula means. Can you touch essence from a place of absolute expansiveness? Not from a place of Meitzah. We're going to see. That, that, that's, that's what our generation is struggling with. <laughs> our generation is struggling with this question. Can you create that not from a place of a breakdown? Not from a place of, of, of wounds? Min hameitzar karasiyah anani That's a very deep question that you're asking. It's a deep question. That's really, that's really what we want to teach ourselves and teach, and teach our children, right? That's what we want to teach ourselves. So, oh, well, it's late. so, so, so let's see the Nekudah. I'm, I'm, I, I said this introduction because I wanted you to, you to see the spirit, the energy that Dr. Rebbe is now going to say. He spoke about Mimamak. You have sometimes that the mouth screams. He says, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the heart screaming. The heart screaming is deafening. It's much louder than the mouth screaming. Sometimes you can't hear it, but it's much louder. Shlomo says, I spoke with my heart, not with my mouth. The heart screams. What does this mean? There's a scream that comes from the depths of a person. He says it's so deep, it's ma'oid ma'oid, which means deeper and deeper and deeper, to the point that the soul can't contain it. The soul doesn't have the capacity to contain this level of pain. In other words, there's a pain that I contain. I carry it. I could contain it. That's the pain I basically, I fit it into my system. We all have pain. Life is frustrating. Yeah? 
This one misses his flight, and this one is late on a bill, and this one, something didn't work out, yeah? The caterer came late, and there's no napkins for the chasana, or they're red instead of blue. It's a crisis. Right? You have a Sheva Brachas tomorrow night, and the cleaning lady didn't show up. It's a crisis. But hopefully you don't fall apart. Everyone has pain. I could contain it. This pain, he says, deeper, deeper, deeper to the point, my soul can't contain it. There's nowhere to put it. I don't have a filing cabinet in my brain for the pain. So what happens then? The system, huh? There's a disintegration. V'lachain ain't saikazu believe. And that's why this cry is in the heart. Why don't you talk? Talk. I can't talk. You know, people wonder, why can't children talk about their pain? Instead of going to therapy 35, 45 years later, just say it when you were six. Get it out of the system. Right? Brilliant question, no? Talk. Talk when you're six. What do you have to wait till you're 60 to talk? Huh? Wouldn't they have avoided all the problems? Shouldn't we tell our children before they go into pre-1A? Life is going to be hard. Just don't stop talking. <laughs> Every day give us a diary. You ever try asking your child how they are at the end of the day? How is school? Yeah, good luck if you can get an answer. Either fine, right? Or the most common answer doesn't even deserve an answer. What a stupid question, right? How is school? Or bad. <laughs> Thank you. But the point here is, he's saying, there's a certain cry I can't, I can't speak about because I can't articulate it. If I have words for it, it's already contained. Here's the sign. If the soul contains it, you'll have words. At least some words. But if the pain reaches a space that my soul can't contain, why? Because it challenges my very conception of I. My car was towed in Brooklyn, trust me, is annoying. You ever had your car towed in Brooklyn? They make you feel like a schmata, right? But you don't necessarily come home doubting your existence. <laughs> you doubt your existence in Brooklyn that year. So you move to Rockland County. But you don't necessarily doubt your essential existence. Right? You miss the plane. These are all things. And then there's chas v'shalom, there's illness, there's financial stress. He's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that too. But he's saying there's a point. The very nefesh, there's no eye to contain it because my very eye has been not just shaken to the core, but challenged to the core. I can't talk about this too much because he says you can't talk about this too much. Either you know what he's talking about or you don't know what he's talking about. If you don't know what he's talking about, probably you should say Baruch Hashem, right? And if you do know what he's talking about, maybe you should also say Baruch Hashem. Just a different type of Baruch Hashem. So you can't contain the Ruach, the Spirit. So there is a cry, either, or, either verbal or not verbal, but that continues and grows. Mitsui means squeezed, something is squeezed, like Dama And he brings a story, Kamaisa de Rebelazab and Dirdaya. 
שגר בבחיר וצעקת שיוצא נשמוסי ממש. דגמר נבוי דזור, I think that's your chess. You know the story. רבלוזר בן דרדאיה, דגמר says, לא הניח אישה זוינה בעולם. There was not a harlot in the world. You know, talk about addiction. <laughs> talk about essay. Rebelozer ben Nedaya was, you know, your poster boy. There was not a zayna in the world. The Gemara says is that he did not go visit. That's the level of addiction. I think Yudches, Yudzayin or Yudches. It's in that zip code. Huh? Yudches? Okay. So the Gemara says, once he went, he traveled, he heard there was a zayna zalchis, you know. He came with a lot of money. And they were in the middle of their uh, act. And the Gemara says that uh, he let out ear. <laughs> he let out ear. So she told him, where does this ear go to? Where does this nefiche go to? <clears throat> nowhere, right? It goes, uh, it ends up uh, nowhere. It ends up in the ear. So she says, that describes you. <laughs> You're that ear. That's where you're gonna end. That's you. You're 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 that. How do you say nefich in English? Uh, yeah, you're you're that gaseous. You're that gaseous substance. The gas you just passed. That's you. That's mamish who you are. The hestavart. And the Gemara says that got him. That touched him. It touched him. It broke him. Interesting. Every musr shmuz in the world. Gardish tatamangerit. There in that place, she, from all people, she became his Rebbe, you understand? She told him who he is, because she knew how to speak his language, right? It takes one to know one, Motsaminis Mina. She got him. So the Gemara says, he, he broke down and he decided he wants to change his whole life. And he spoke to the heaven and the earth and the sun and the moon and the earth and the seas, obviously metaphorically, and everybody said, we can't help you. <laughs> he went to the whole world for help. He said, so it's about me. He went into a state of sobbing to the point that he passed away. And then the Baskal came out and said, He goes to Elam Hab. So the Gemara says, finishes the story, when Rebbe, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, the editor of the mission, the leader of the Jewish people, Rabbi Nakadish, heard the story, started to cry. Why did he cry? He said, Yesh there's people who it takes years and years for them to acquire their world. And this man acquired his world in a moment. The Baskal said, Why is Rebbe so upset? So if you don't understand the Gemara, you think, you know, I worked 85 years. Yeah, 85 years. And then this maneuver, Abgeton called over us, he became a rebbe. You know those people? How did that happen? Mela about Shuva, sit in the back of the shul. Sit in the back of the shul. You'll get an aliyah once, Revi maybe. He's not with Ashishi, with Ashlishi, with Amafti, with Akalnidre, with an honoree, with a rabbin shalchobnei agayla. So Rebbe started the cry. So why is Rebbe so emotional? Wait, what? Chas v'shalom, he's jealous? Obviously not. So the Alter Rebbe is bringing this story to, to, to give an illustration of this type of pain. So much his soul couldn't contain, he couldn't even stay, he couldn't even stay in his soul. It broke his very definition of identity to the point like, I can't breathe anymore. 
That's what he says. How? Hey, you have the biggest question. How do you become a Rebbe? To become a Rebbe, first of all, you have to know. I understand. God says, you know what? You're broken. You said, I'm sorry. But, but, but if, if I, to be in Olam Haba, it's not just uh, you sit on a chair with, with free sushi. I have to be a Caliph for Olam Haba. Caliph for Olam Haba is Ziva Shechina. Without Torah, without mitzvahs, how does he fit in there? So he says, He went to a place that's beyond the Ratzin of Ishtalshlus. They draw him down with much more vigor, with much more strength. What is the Balatanya saying here? What happened with Rebbe Lazar ben Derdaya was, Akiras Haratzin Mamish. It's not just he regretted. His entire rutzen of life disintegrated. Everything I was interested in before became not just I moved on. It became so worthless to the point that he couldn't even find himself anymore. There couldn't be a self that goes on. Talk about remor- talk about Akira Saratzen. It's not just, okay, I did the wrong thing, let's move on. There was no I to move on anymore. That's, that's how deep he was removed from his experience. That's called Mesidus HaNefesh. So he went to a place completely beyond any Nakuda of I. He went to the, to the Etzim that's beyond any system, any Ishtalshalos, any structure. So what happens? He accessed Kivayachal Bahashem, his Ratzin, that's pre-everything, pre-Ishtalshalos. Torah Mitzvahs, is the Ratzin of Hashem the way it comes into Ishtalshlus? He went to the Ratzin, he went to the, to the source of it all. To the source of it all, as he's going to explain weiter, everything got filled. Yesh That's what Rebbe started to cry. Why is Rebbe crying? What did this do to Rebbe? The Oymekeh, it's very, very edel of Rebbe was a tzadig omer. When Rebbe saw this story, he became a Baltruva. Bacha Rebbe! Rebbe also Kivayachal disintegrated. Obviously, not to compare, we're not comparing Rebbe to the Bosom of Nadaya. Rebbe felt here the Indian of Truva. He wanted to become a Baltruva. Bacha Rebbe! That Rebbe was crying, oh, I had to work so hard my whole life to be a Rebbe, and this Rosh Merusha is given, you know, Chief, Chief, Chief Rebbe Amachaya. <laughs> There's a saver called Magid Meshanum from the Beis Yosef. Rabbi Yosef Kara, Rabbi Yosef Kara, the author of Shulchan Aruch, had a malach that came to him and would teach him Torah. He wrote it all up. It's called Magid Misharim. It's a Peladik Sefer. The Beis Yosef wanted a very much dial Kiddush Hashem. There was a Yidrib Shlema Molcho who was in Spain. He got burnt by the Inquisition. The Beis Yosef wanted to dial Kiddush Hashem. And then he did Kvayachel, some Aveda, some sin relative to his level. So he was told by the Magid that you're being punished. You're going to die a natural death. And he lived very, very old, almost 90 years old. And after that, he was Mechabed of Shulchan Aruch. So understand, 
the Shulchan Aruch of the Beis Yosef is the Shulchan Aruch that the whole Klal Yisrael follows. Side of Svardim, Avada, Beis Yosef was a Svardi. They say Tzlichis, like the Beis Yosef says. And even the Ashkenazim, that Amor wouldn't make his own Shulchan Aruch, that Amor wrote his comments on the Beis Yosef. In other words, everyone found the Shulchan Aruch is the Shulchan Aruch for Klal Yisrael. Obviously, there's Machloikas in here and there, but that's a Shulchan Aruch. That was a punishment. <laughs> That was a punishment. You understand? If the Beis would have died early, nobody would have even known. It would have been a story. But you have to understand, Rebbe was a Tzadik Gomer. He gave us the Mishnah. But Bacher Rebbe. Rebbe Lezer ben transformed Rebbe also. From the Kamashonim, he turned him into the Shah Achas. What's Kamashonim? Shah doesn't only mean an hour. Shah means a turn. Right? It says... Uh, Vayisha Hashem El Hevel. Hashem, Hashem, ah? Turn to Hevel. Yeshkoyna Elomi Besha Achas. Chsidim used to say, Shah Achas. I heard this also from the Rebbe once at a Fabrengan, the Lavach Rebbe said, Shah Achas, mit ein ker. Yeshkoyna Elomi Besha Achas, mit ein ker. How do you say ker? With one turn, with one, with one movement. It's not Shah Achas an hour from nine to ten. How do you do that? We go back to the theory of relativity. You remember? What's for 150 years <laughs> is for one Shah In the world of Ishtalshalos, 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, once you go to the world beyond Ishtalshalos, it's not anymore an issue of time. Shah it's in care. This brought Rebbe to a different level. That's why it says, can't stand there. Why? That tzaddikim are bad. Just because I didn't sin, I'm bad. It's not that you're bad. It's not that you're bad. It's that you didn't have to go beyond the shtalshalos. Thank God you didn't have to go beyond the shtalshalos. The structure was amazing. It was a structure filled with love and light and positivity. The mashkin le'bechele yatir. It's not fear. The Gemara says in Brachas, where balichuva stands, tzaddikim can't stand. Really? I don't understand. I lived a good life. That's my schar. If you're looking in schar and oinish, it's not going to work. It's not about schar. The tzaddik is a gewaldik, moiradik. But there's something about the disintegration that allows him to go to the and ha'elion of Hashem beyond the shtavshalos because in himself he went beyond the shtavshalos. So he said, well, what does he have? But the blessed man today was a pus to keli. He was pust. <laughs> No Torah, no mitzvahs. He comes into Elam Haba. It's like showing up at a chasana without clothes. You ever did that? You can't go up to Elam Haba without Torah and mitzvahs. The Ziva Shechina there. What are you going to do in Elam Haba? We can't just fresh in Elam Haba. You have to be a keli for Elam Haba. That's what Rebbe started to cry. What the union of Tshuva is. The Memamakim. Memamakim. You could bring it all back. Because if you can go to that Ratzin that's beyond the Shtalshalos, that's where Torah Mitzvahs come from. So if you go to the source of Torah Mitzvahs, you go to the source, Mamash, the key source, that's where the whole Torah Mitzvahs come from. But the only way I can reach there is when there's the complete Mesidus Nefesh of Akira Saratzin from the person. The Hez was Tzotzik He goes to the source of it. He, go, he went to the source of Torah. He went to the Nekud of Ratzin Alien, pre-Tzimtzum Kevayachal. So this is the very powerful, comforting message for that person who goes through those things in life 
and it doesn't work out. And it's not a question of guilt. I'm guilty, I'm not guilty. Could be completely not. And ultimately every person is responding, you know, to different events the way they respond. But then the person looks at their life and says, Vas is and there's nothing here. There's nothing here. That moment would be considered your darkest moment, you know? You look in the mirror and you say, there's literally nothing here. Those of you who had such moments, you know the pain of such a moment. It's not like there's something missing, you know, I'm in debt $50,000, I have a headache. That's all, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm saying, you look in the mirror and you say, there's nothing here. I in the F is mamash. that's what you feel like. Right, she couldn't say it better. <laughs> credit is due where credit is due. And in that moment, there's a rebirth from a completely different place. Yah, Rabbi Yosef. Tomorrow there's no shear. The next shear will be Tuesday morning, 7.45, Be'ezer Hashem B'linader. Everybody have a wonderful day and a wonderful week and a wonderful Shabbos. Rabbi Yosef, yes, sorry. Ah, so you wonder why does the Gemara say Mo'uvus lo yuchaliskin like this Maimer? He's saying if he was mavatel krishmas shel shachris va'arvis. So why do you say lo yuchaliskin? I can't misak. Ah, why does it say shah? So that's why does the so that's why does the Taichin Chsidis shah from the word shi'ia? Ah, shin ayin hey, a ked a pivot. Shah Achas is, it's a turn. You understand? Yeah. The Balatanya says, yeah, it's a beautiful word from the Alter Rebbe. It says, the, the Navi in Yirmiya says, They turn their back to me and not their face. So he says, they turn to me. He says, They didn't turn to me. He says, They turn to me, but with their back and not their face. And he says as follows, you can have two people, they're right near each other. You know, like Siamese twins almost. Mamish right near each other. He says, but This one is facing east, this one is facing west. In terms of proximity of closeness, they can't get closer. In terms of emotional uh, oneness, they can't get further. I could be at the end of the world and you're at the other end of the world, but I'm looking towards you. What did the Buddha Levi say? I'm in the west, but my heart is in the east. Two people, they're mamish near each other. But we're looking in opposite directions, we can't get further. So, Ibazai, what's the vart? Shah achas means what do you have to do? You just have to turn around. <laughs> you don't have to travel to the other end of the world. You just have to turn around. Shah. Shah Aker. There's a maimah from the Rebbe Rashab, Tafresh Ayin. He says that Rebbe Lazar ben was a pnimi, he wasn't a chitzen, which means <laughs> he, he did a lot of, you know, not good stuff. But he was authentic. He was a pnimi. He wasn't a chitzen. The Rebbe Rashab says about the Rebbe Lozab and the Dayan Amayman and Eter. Sefer Marim Eter. He was a pnimi. In other words, you have a person. You have a person is a chitzen. Nothing really affects him. In other words, he could, you could tell him the most beautiful things. Yeah, he gets inspired. He doesn't get inspired. It like it touches my skin. You know, pnimi means if it touches me, it touches me. If it doesn't touch me, it doesn't touch me. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like fire, you know. You can't put your finger in fire. Either you go in and you get burnt or you stay away. Pnimi means it touches me. It's authentic. 
It goes into me. Introspective. Yeah, yeah. It's not just like uh, yeah, another vart. It's it, it, it's it's transformative. It's a pinimi. It's a different type of person. You have a person. Everything is more superficial. So he says, Abel Azab was a pinimi. <laughs> so he heard a lot of stuff, but nothing touched him. When she said something that went into his kishkas, he changed his whole life. So then he didn't try everything out before. He did. He did. Like niach. But that was also with a pneumonia. <laughs> that's the that's the it, it didn't t- it didn't touch him. The teach the teacher maybe wasn't a pneumonia. <laughs> she she meant what she said. Yeah, <laughs> you understand? Ah. So he's going to explain how that works. If you'll finish mitzvah mitzvahs, how 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 are you filling it? So he started to say that he's going back to the Ratzon beyond, which is the source of Torah. But later in the Maimon, he's going to explain it more. Now, Rizal says Moshe Rabbeinu was a kill of of heaven. Eva was killed of heaven. One of Vedas had maybe he was a Gilgul. Oh, so I think that Rizal says I have to look it up. That he was a Gilgal of Yochan and Kain Gadol. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm almost sure. I have to look it up. Uh, Yochan and Kain Gadol, it says, was a Kain Gadol for 80 years. V'nasa Tzduki. L'besoyf Nasa Tzduki. After 80 years. So I think that Rizal says that he was a Gilgal. So he had all the Torah mitzvahs of, uh, of Yochan and Kain Gadol. And this last moment was the Shachas. I think. I have to look it up. I don't, I'm not remembering. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a there's a, a word by Chassidim. Reb Shmuel Levitin once said, "Yochanan Kain Gadol Shimish Bekohuna Shmoinim Shana Venasad Zduki." Was part Venasad Zduki became a Tzduki became a Sadduki. The Chassidish attach Venasad Zduki as Givarin Atzadik by Zich. After eighty years in Kaidish Hakadoshim, he said Venasad Zduki, as Givarin Gerecht by Zich. Yeah. He decided he was a tzaddik. Thank you so much. Good sure. Thank you for being here. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.